0: While I'm still here, I want to be excited. I want to be excited for the Lord and on fire to serve Him. I'm glad to be in His house, aren't you? Uh, i tell you what, I've, I've been really excited this past week watching the Olympics. Man, I just I love the Olympics. I love to watch the United States as they compete and as they win gold. But I'm more excited to be here today than I am to watch the Olympics. I, am, I Listen, I am more excited to be in here with you than I am that tomorrow's school starts. <laughs> How about that? Well, good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm going to keep preaching from the book of Acts. We're going to be in chapter 5 today. Unstoppable Witnesses. What I want you to see this morning is that we are a small part of something that is amazingly huge. We are a humble part of a movement that cannot be stopped, nor can it fail. A movement that is marching along throughout history, impacting people in nations all over the world, and that will one day fill the whole universe as the kingdom of God. You see, 2,000 years ago, our leader, our Savior, Jesus Christ, said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. This is his church. We are a part of his church, and the gates of hell will not be able to withstand the church of Jesus Christ. We are therefore unstoppable. But in spite of what Jesus said, the fact is we often think we're losing the battle. I mean, don't we? We, we think that. Let, let's just be honest. We see evil triumphing. We see godlessness expanding. And we think we are a part of something that is failing. But it's not. <laughs> the church is strong. In fact, a few years ago in 2012, Dan Meyer wrote a book entitled Witness Essentials. And in his book, he gave some very encouraging statistics about the growth of the Church of Jesus Christ worldwide. For example, he states in 1900, Korea had absolutely no Protestant churches, but today there are over 7,000 churches alone just in the city of Seoul, South Korea. 100 years ago, the southern part of Africa was only 3% Christian. Today. 63% of the population are believers. And the church in Africa is growing by 34,000 people a day. That's amazing. More people in the Islamic world have come to Christ over the past 25 years than the entire history of Christian missions. God is moving. In China, it is estimated that there are now more followers of the Lord Jesus Christ than there are members of the Communist Party. (laughs) Wow. China will soon have more Christians than any country in the world. Across the planet, followers of Jesus are increasing by more than 80,000 people a day. And get this, church, 510 new churches form Every single day, God is doing something in our world. You know, we shouldn't be surprised about any of that because Jesus said it would happen. Jesus said, I am going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Sure, I I know there are places, you can applaud that because that's pretty good, isn't it? I know there are places in our world where this is not happening. And I'm sad to say that the church in America is stagnated. And if revival doesn't come, we will soon be in decline. But here's what I do know. The gospel is being preached in places it has never been preached before. And we know this, when the good news is preached, people will be saved. And lives will be changed. Well, the book of Acts is the story of how all of this got started. There was a small group of men and women who discovered what it means to be unstoppable, living in the irresistible power of God's Holy Spirit. The gospel will be taken to the ends of the earth by the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it makes us unstoppable. So here we are in Acts chapter 5. While we are a part of something that is unstoppable, it never has been, nor will it ever be, easy. That's what we see in this episode in Acts 5. Now this is a kind of a lengthy passage I want to deal with this morning. So what I'm going to do is kind of fly over it just to show us this unstoppable work of God in the church today and then I want to come back and, and end by landing on just a couple of words of encouragement for you and for our church what we have here is a second wave of persecution in Acts chapter 5 that has been unleashed on the church by the religious authorities in Jerusalem and the first wave of persecution Peter and John were arrested then they were released and they were commanded do not preach the gospel anymore well obviously they would not be stopped by that prohibition they prayed they were freshly filled with God's Holy Spirit and they just went back out on the streets sharing the same good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that's what they were doing with boldness When we come to Acts chapter 5, they were on the streets spreading the good news of the gospel. I'll pick up reading in verse 17. It says, Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which are the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and they laid their hands on the apostles, and they put them in the common prison. Now, church, understand this. We are not unstoppable as a church or a group of people or even as an individual believer because we have political power. Because I don't think the church has ever had political power. See, Don't think that the only way we can prevail and the only way we can make a difference in our world is to make sure that we have people in political power that is on our side. Because it doesn't work that way. The apostles found themselves on the wrong side of the prevailing party, but they were still unstoppable. Because let me tell you, when God is for you, who in the world can be against you? And they had this unstoppable power. Verse 19 lets us in on a, a new little secret here. It says, but at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and let them out. Here's what made this group of men unstoppable. Number one, they were unstoppable because they had divine assistance. God was on their side. And God sent this angel to set them free. An angel intervenes to miraculously let them out of jail. Now, by the way, this is one of three instances in the book of Acts where prisons could not hold God's preachers. (laughs) I think that's pretty cool. Prison doors just miraculously fly open. It's like Luke wants us to remember that no earthly jail can arrest the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's what the angel said in verse 20. Go, stand in the temple, and speak to the people all the words of this life. Really, if if you want to just get it down to a few words, this is the main point of everything the church is doing In the book of acts and it's what we should be doing right here this is what we should be doing what did he tell them to do three things he said go stand and speak some of the newer translations use the word tell at the end go stand and tell those three things go out there on the streets take your stand for jesus christ and tell them the message of this new life which is the gospel and that is exactly what they did Again, let's just step back here for a second. This is the second time they've been arrested. They have been commanded, don't be preaching in this name anymore. Keep your mouth shut. Don't go out on the streets and spread this good news. Now, if that were a bunch of us, we would probably go into hiding. We would have an underground church. We'd, we'd, come, we'd have a business meeting and say, hey, you know, the city officials don't like us doing this, so, so let's just meet underground. Let, let's meet at midnight. Let's don't let anybody else know. We'll kind of have a secret organization because we don't want to be persecuted. We don't want to get into trouble. But that is not what they did. Instead, in verse 21, it tells us when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and They taught. They went back to doing the the exact thing that they were told not to do. Number two, they were unstoppable because they had been given a clear command from an angel who represented God himself. I really think we would be much more bold and we would be much more intentional in our witness if we had heard that clearly from God as well. If an angel came up here today and took my place and said, Okay, Kavanaugh Church, tomorrow I want you to go out and do three things go, stand, tell. I think you would be inclined to do that, wouldn't you? (laughs) I am no angel. I want to tell you that I am no angel, but I represent the same God that that angel did. And I'm telling you, our business is the same business they had. And what we should be doing is the same thing they were told to do go, stand, tell. Let me challenge our students. Tomorrow you go back to school. Let me tell you, be a rock for Jesus. There are kids in your school who need a moral compass. They need someone to direct them to the right way to live. And you are that ambassador for Jesus. You are that witness. So go, stand, tell. You parents, when you go back to work tomorrow, you go, stand, and tell. Whether you're at Walmart or whether you're at work, go, stand, and tell. That's what we're told to do. Well, the next few verses explain how the religious authorities gathered to decide what they were going to do with these menaces who kept preaching the gospel. And so they sent some officers to retrieve them from their prison cells. But when they got to the jail, they found that the doors were locked and shut, but there was no one inside. All the prisoners were gone. So as they stood there scratching their heads, somebody said, Hey, the guys you put in jail are right back out on the streets. Spreading the same message to the people. And so the officers went out on the street. They grabbed the apostles and they dragged them back before the Sanhedrin to be questioned. And here's what the Sanhedrin said. Verse 28. Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look. You have filled all of Jerusalem with your doctrine, and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. Now, this is truly an amazing verse, but you know, the thing that stands out to me is the fact how bold these witnesses of Jesus Christ were. After being told, don't spread that gospel anymore, what did they do? They went out and filled all of Jerusalem. Every street corner had been told the good news of the gospel. All of Jerusalem had been told. You know what? That is exactly what Jesus said would happen when the Spirit of God came upon these ordinary people. They would be His witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the world. But there's another explanation for the unstoppable nature of their witness. Number three, they were witnesses of an unstoppable Savior. Look at verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Second time they said that. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Now you are awesome people. You're great people. So, some of you are really strong, uh, physically strong. Others are mentally strong. You're, you're awesome people. But you know what? On your own, you're not unstoppable. Right. Michael Phelps, probably the greatest swimmer who's ever lived. But you know what? He's not unstoppable. These disciples on their own were not unstoppable. But they were representing a man who is unstoppable. And their message was all about Jesus. The Savior we're talking about is unstoppable. The Roman and Jewish leaders thought they could stop Jesus by executing him. They failed. Because God raised Jesus from the dead. More than that. These apostles went on and said in verse 31 Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Jesus has been exalted and Jesus will be exalted. Do you see that? He has been exalted. He will be exalted because the Bible tells us that there is coming a day when every knee will bow. Every knee will bow before Jesus Christ. That means your knee. That means my knee. That means Lady Gaga's knee. That means every leader in Isis' knee will bow before Jesus Christ. And, And here's the deal. You and, you and I will, will either bow before Jesus as our Savior right here, right now, or we will bow before Jesus as judge on the judgment day. And I guess the cool thing from God is He's allowing us to make that decision today. When are we going to bow our knee? Verse 32, they went on to say, We are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And, and, and that's who we are. We are his witnesses. We represent him. The Bible says it like this: we are his ambassadors. Yeah, you know, I, I think for most people, they just, you know, they're trying to find meaning in life. What's my life for? What's the, the purpose of my existence? Well, it's very simple. God created you, God loves you, God wants to have a relationship with you. And then beyond that, God has called you to be his witness. That's your purpose in life. And if you're not doing that, if you're not going and standing and telling, there's a void in your life. There's an emptiness. Because God made you to be a light. God made you a salt in a corrupt society. You are to be his witness. Witness and, and listen guys we can get involved in some really good stuff and I'm all for it We need to help our world to be a better place But the only way it can really become the place God has called it to or what God wants it to be Is when we tell people the goodness of the gospel He makes the difference I read this a long time ago and it, it's so true We are not we are not to preach sociology We are to preach Salvation We we are not to preach economics. We are to preach evangelism. We are not to preach reformation, but redemption. Not culture, but conversion. Not progress, but we are called to preach pardon. We are not called to preach a new social order, but a new birth. Not a revolution, but regeneration. Not renovation, but revival. Not a new organization, but a new creation. Not democracy, but we are called to preach the gospel. Not civilization, but Christ. We are His ambassadors. We are not diplomats. And yes, I'm all for being a good citizen. But more than that, I want to be a good representation of Jesus Christ. We are His witnesses. So go, stand, and tell. Now, here's another reason they were unstoppable. Number four, they were filled with the unstoppable power of God's Holy Spirit. You see, this is what makes people do crazy things, God's Spirit on their life. This is what causes people to risk their job by speaking out for Christ, their reputations. Yes, even their very lives. They could obey God and not man because they had been given the power to do that. And the power is found in the Holy Spirit. Well, this made the religious authorities so angry they wanted to kill them. In fact, verse 33 says, They were furious! And they plotted how they could kill them. But cooler heads prevailed. Look at verse 34. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people. And he commanded them to put the apostles outside just for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. Now, we we know a little bit about this man by the name of Gamaliel. He was probably the most respected Jewish teacher of his day. He had a kind of a seminary where young men would come and study who wanted to be rabbis. Because he was so respected... Everyone listened to his reasoning. And in verses 36 and 37, he reminded them of a couple of insurrectionists who rose up to power and and had a large following of people. But then when these insurrectionists were killed, their followers disbanded and the whole thing fell apart. So in light of that, he said this in verse 38. Here's his reasoning. And now I say to you, just keep away from these men. Leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. Now, Gamaliel was a a, a good Jewish man. He he was a Sadducee. And I'm sure, I am sure that he wasn't for these preachers, nor did he believe the message they were preaching. But I'm here to tell you, what he spoke was the truth. What he spoke was the truth. If this is of God, you can't stop it. If God is doing this, just get out of the way. Because you can't stop it. In fact, one of Gamaliel's top students may have been in the room that day. A young, zealous Jewish man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. We'll see later in Acts how he thought... He could stop the movement of God by dragging believers into court. But the man who had arrested believers was himself arrested on the road to Damascus by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he discovered firsthand, you can't fight against God and win. And so he surrendered to God and he became a part of this unstoppable movement. So here's a fifth reason these people were such unstoppable witnesses. It's because they were a part of the unstoppable purpose of God. Church, can I tell you something? We are on the winning side. I've read the end of the book, we win. We win. We're on the winning side. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm American through and through. I got some T-shirts that on the back said, Made in America. You know, I, I love my country. I'm, I'm proud of my country. And I love, I love the Olympics because I, I, love to see, I love to see us win. And then, you know, to play the yeah. national anthem at the end. Man, I love it, you know. I don't know. I think we have over 50 medals right now, more than any other country. Isn't that awesome? But the Americans haven't won every event. They're not going to. You can't always win. Football's about to start. How many, how many, how many Southside what are y'all called now? I'm sorry. How many Southside Mavericks we have in the house? Okay, one of you up there in the balcony. There's more than that here, I know, right back there. How, how many uh, Alma, was it Alma Airedales? See, Van Buren has some pointers. Any, any pointers in here? What about you Greenwood Bulldogs? I don't know, why, why, why is our church not down in Greenwood? Is it, nah. You, you can, you can, t- went, went to a open practice last night, and I was just, I was, I'm glad football is, Jim, aren't you glad football's about to start? Man, it's just, it's just exciting, and Greenwood's got this great record, man, they, they win more than they lose, but you know what? They're not always going to win. Pine Bluff beat us last year. And on your own, you're not always going to win, but Jesus does. Jesus never loses. Jesus always wins. Jesus is unstoppable. And and here's the good news. Because we're on his team, we win too. We are unstoppable. I, I understand not everybody we witness to is going to be saved. But you know what? That's not our business. That's God's business. His kingdom will come one day. And His kingdom will be populated by hundreds of millions of people who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And it is our job to be His witness. We are a part of His unstoppable, eternal purpose. That's why it says in verse 40 that these Sadducees agreed with Gamaliel, and when they had called for the prisoners and apostles, they beat them. And they commanded that they not speak in the name of Jesus any longer. And then they let them go. But when these disciples departed from the presence of the council, they rejoiced because they counted themselves worthy to suffer shame for his name. We've got a bigger perspective on things. We know that this world is tough. We know this world hates us. We know we're not always going to get our way in this world. But you know what? We have read the end of the book. We do know that we're going to win. So even when we face persecution and affliction, we can rejoice, having counted ourselves worthy to be called a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these men were beaten. They were ordered not to speak in Jesus' name. But look what they did in verse 42. They went out daily in the temple and in every house. They did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They're kind of like that Energizer bunny. You couldn't stop them. You can't keep a good man down. You can't keep Christians who have truly been converted by the grace and power of Jesus Christ down. You can't keep our mouths shut because it's overflowing in our heart. They were unstoppable witnesses. Question is, are you? In fact, i got a couple of questions I want to ask you. What would you attempt for God if you knew you could not fail? What would you try if you knew you couldn't fail? Or what about this? What would you sacrifice if you knew it was for a winning cause? Or what about this? How would you live every day if you knew you were a part of something that is absolutely unstoppable? Well, I can't speak for you, but I can tell you what it did for these people in Acts chapter 5. It allowed them to do three things. Number one, it allowed them to obey God, courageously obey God. Verse 29, it says, we must obey God, not men. We're going to do what God tells us to do. Now, church, let me tell you, as a good citizen, we need to obey the laws of the land. Okay? We need to do what, what our law says to do. Unless our laws contradict God's laws. And then we obey God. All right? And that's what these guys manned up to do. We're going to obey God. And God gave them the courage to do that. We don't fear what people say or even what they do to us. Our God is Lord. And one day, everybody's going to know that. So what did it allow these guys, number one, to obey? Number two, to persevere. Verse 39, his reasoning, Gamaliel's reasoning, if this is from God, you're not going to be able to stop it. If these guys are from God, you can't stop them. Sometimes we want to quit because we see evil winning all around us. But we belong to God, and His purpose cannot fail. So church, let's boldly go, stand, and tell. And then number three, it allowed them to endure. Verse 41, so they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Why? Why did they do that? Well, because the name of Jesus is a name that is above every name. I quoted this verse earlier, part of it. Let me quote it in its entirety. The Bible says, one day, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, Jesus is Lord. Because he is. And I can't think of a better way to end our service today than by doing that by humbling ourselves by taking a knee before a holy God and confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord did you know that's the only way you can go to heaven it's only one way it's by believing in Jesus Christ if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead you can be saved so if you've never been saved I'm gonna ask that you come today Humble yourself before God. Believe and trust Jesus as your Savior. If you're here this morning and and you're a believer but you're away from God, man, I can't think of a better thing for you to do than to come and humble yourself before God today. Bow your knee before Him and ask for cleansing and forgiveness. And for the rest of us, man, I, I can't think of anything better to do than to come and humble ourselves before God and ask His favor on our life, our families this country, and our church. And so, dear Lord, today we want to come and do that. We want to come and, and bow a knee before you. We want to confess with our tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. And dear Jesus, for everyone who needs to come and pray this morning, I, I ask that you would just open the door for them to come. Help them, help them to not be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed. I pray that they would receive the power to come and pray at the altar today. Dear Jesus, I pray that you'd speak to every heart that is here. For those who need forgiveness, may they find it today. For those who just need grace extended in their life, give them grace. Lord, I pray that there'd be a small army of people within this congregation who comes and and prays for our church, that we would be the unstoppable force that you've called us to be. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand. And as the praise team sings, why don't you come and pray? Altars are open.